ready to create the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. We've done it ourselves after leaving careers in law and clinical practice. Like many other professional women, we wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our growing families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other ambitious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We love audiobooks and we suspect that you do too. Because you're a Soulful MBA listener, you can get an audiobook of your choice and a 30-day free trial over at audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba for your free audiobook. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Soulful MBA podcast, episode 121. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hi. It's one of those evening ones. I'm all giddy and giggly. We're a little so punchy. Warned. Yeah, a little punchy. <laughs> so we're here today to talk about beta launches, kind of a serious but fun topic. It's essentially what will guarantee your success in business if you approach business from this direction. That's our take, at least. So we want to talk about it because we realized in recent weeks that even though this is a concept that we are deeply, intimately familiar with coming from the software side of things, that so many others maybe have heard of beta. Maybe you heard about it when you were in a sorority or you've heard about it from the likes of Tim Cook or someone else who's running the software company. I don't know what you're saying. Just, let's hold up. I don't know what you mean. What do you mean sorority? Like his beta might be in the sorority name? Is that oh what you mean? God, or is there yes, some other? because it's in the Greek <gasps> alphabet, Sandy. Yeah, that's what you mean. Okay, yes. okay. I thought there was like some other No, not like a launch. Soror- See? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> No, neither of us, by lost. the way, in case you haven't figured it out, neither of us were in a sorority. No, they don't have sororities here. Oh it's like god. an American movie thing. Nobody is in a sorority. Every, everyone like, is in a sorority. Oh my god! <laughs> but anyway, I was not. Sorry. I have a really funny story about one, but we will but save that for another Tim, episode. What did you just say? The Tim Cook? Yeah, like people hear about beta from software company founders, right? So like famous, like Bill Gates. You may have heard him talk about a beta product, like oh Windows. Beta, I don't know. <laughs> nice try with the Windows. <laughs> Mac girl. I am a Mac girl. I was going to say something Windows and then I don't know what the suffix Number would is. be. So I'm not going to do it. So yeah, so we're going to talk about beta launches. It's essentially how we work with our bespoke clients. It's how we work with our own products and services and how we're working with our inner circle now to help them find success on the internet. And we want to make this training and this teaching available to all of you. So we're going to talk about it today. So Sandy, why don't you feel folks in, what exactly are we talking about? What is a beta launch? So beta launch is your first offering of a new product. So it may not be your first launch ever, but it's the first offering of a certain product. So the first time you run something, the first time you offer something that is actually for sale is your beta launch. Mm -hmm. So you could be 10 years in business and do a beta launch for a new product. 
or you could be week one in business and be beta launching your first ever product. Mm -hmm. So it's essentially how you test the waters for a product, program, or service offering. And we really want you to test the waters through a beta launch because one thing that we have learned and that we teach everyone that works with us is that you never know if a product is validated if you haven't had someone pay for it. So the way that human psychology works is that everyone and their mother, if they're um, a kind person, they're going to tell you they love your idea, right? Like we've all had these moments around the dinner table or around holiday gatherings where someone, whether it's us or someone else in the family or friend group, proposes a new idea. Like, hey, I just had this idea to do X, Y, Z. What do you think? And lo and behold, most people are going to say, oh, that sounds like a great plan. I love that idea. And I would yet, buy that. I would so buy that. And yet, when push comes to shove and the cart opens, those sales don't really happen and they don't come through. And that's just, it's not because people are intentionally trying to deceive you. They're trying to spare your feelings. And that's a kind, warm, pleasant thing to do which we should applaud. So the way that you actually test the validation for an idea is to put it up for sale and then see who buys it. And what we do with beta launches is essentially, it's sort of like pre-selling and it may involve some pre-selling, but it's not exactly the same. But what we would do is we would create the framework for a program, product, or service that we believe is aligned with our audience. We would put it up for sale at a discount and we would ask people to pay for it. And in exchange for getting the steep discount, usually around 50% or so, they the people who buy the program, product, or service will have to provide comprehensive feedback. And you can decide what that means for you on the product. So your your beta product or your program is most likely something that you're going to need to iterate on quite a bit. It's not a final version, but it's going it's close enough. Like it's it's sort of all the pieces are there and you're just working out the fine details and you're doing that. You're co-creating it with this group of beta purchasers. So they're giving you real time, active, helpful feedback that then you are incorporated into the program itself. Yeah. And I just want to point out that you don't necessarily have to have everything done and complete and ready to go. And in fact, you shouldn't. So just what Jenny said about that you're co-creating, you have sort of a layout, an idea of what you want to do. You've got sort of your main points, but you, you typically are going to run through your beta product live with the people, with your students. And so you might realize, oh my God, nobody understands this section. So you're going to go and add a video or, or beef up the teaching somehow. So you're sort of adapting to what the response is um, to your beta group. I love adapting. I love that word for so many reasons. So it's essentially like adaptive learning. And so what you're doing is you're adapting your work to your learners. And so all of you that are putting together online programming, you're essentially teaching, right? You're teaching or you're coaching in some way or another. And so you want to make sure that what you're building is adaptive to the people that you want to have buy it. And again, you really won't be able to know all of those details until you have real users. And so you know, we talk, as, as those of you who know from our podcast, we run software companies. And so we go kind of back into our software company jargon a lot, but we talk about people as users. And I, I think it's helpful maybe to think about your students or clients as users as well, because they're users of your content or users of your course or users of your material or your coaching or whatever. They have an experience. And if you start to notice 
that people are giving you similar feedback, you know, I'd say if once you have three people giving you similar feedback, that's an area that you really need to look into and, and see about addressing. If it's just one person, that's something we should probably discuss, Sandy. So if one person feels really strongly that, you know, they don't understand something or they need you to change something in your course or your membership, I wouldn't take that super seriously as long as you have a decent sample size of like, you know, 15 or 20 people. If if it's only one person that's giving you a ton of advice and it's something that maybe isn't relevant to others, you know, you have to, there's no exact formula here. You have to really weigh everything with sort of a relative perspective. But if you're having like three people tell you the same thing, that's a red flag that you need to go in and address a change there. Yeah, I would agree. I think it also depends on who that person is. Like I'm thinking of my own beta group, um, my beta users for my software Connectable. And there are some people that I really respect who know the software. And if they said something, I would absolutely take a look because of who they are. But I know for our software, if one person says something, it's like, ah, maybe, you know, okay, okay, noted. And then agreed. If two, three, four, five people say something, okay, we need to go in there and fix it. Yeah, that's right. And and so one thing that I would say too is that you will not only need this feedback in this first version of a course, you may need to beta launch more than one time. Um, if there's a lot of suggested feedback when you launch the first beta group and you launch it live, you're going to probably want to do it again until you get to a point where you're not getting a lot of feedback. And then that means that you're ready to go big with a, like a full launch. And so the way the internet tends to work at scale is that you would have a big enough audience that you could do what we call launches. And we try to do about two live launches a year. And that's what we've historically done. And so we tried to build up our audience over the course of, you know, six months or so to the point where we can do a launch of a program that's been beta tested and vetted and iterated on so that we we have a relatively predictable infusion of revenue into the company. And you'll be able to do the same thing with your online business, whether it's a course or a membership site, if you're doing, you know, a big opening or something, you'll be able to do follow a similar trajectory if once you have the product validated. So that's kind of exciting. It, it's it's it takes the mystique out of it all. I mean, I think, Sandy, we're at the point now where we've done a dozen launches and it's sort of you follow the rules and there's always little changes and, you know, unexpected things that happen, but it's relatively straightforward. It's sort of math, you know, you sort of like mm-hmm. you put yeah. this input in and you get this output out and it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So because we've done so many launches, we know we have a spreadsheet that recorded everything. And so we can actually predict based on, so we use webinars mm-hmm. and we can actually predict based on how many signups we get, what our sales will be. And it's a really nice way to be able to predict things. But I want to pick up on a word that you said, and that was validate. And that word is so, so important in business. And I just want to make sure that everyone understands that point that this is why you do a beta launch is because you are validating your product or service. So before you bring it to market and go, hey, pay full price, you are validating this idea and making sure that someone will actually pay you money. If they pay you money, 
you've got it validated. If many people pay you money, it's really, really validated. And you can confidently do your an alpha launch, if you will, at full price and know that you've got a good, solid service or product that people understand that works, that people want, and you can launch at full price. And it is the best feeling in the world to have that confidence. If you are creating in your office by yourself with what you think people want, you're asking for trouble. So it is hard to put yourself out there in a beta launch when you're not fully finished and you're, it's not all solid quite yet. You know, you've got a good solid framework, but there's some loose ends and it's really hard to go and sell that to people when it doesn't feel finished yet, but it is the smartest move you can make. So I have something I want to say about this and it has to do with mindset. I also think a major value a reason to do a beta launch has to do with taking the pressure off of you as the creator. And a beta launch really gives you the permission to be imperfect because a lot of us struggle with perfectionism. And when you're going out to people and you're saying, hey, I'm testing something. It's amazing. It's built off of this, 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 and this, this many years of experience. And this is why I've created this thing in the world, but I'm offering it at a very significant discount because I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to do this in this one way on the internet. You you, you can be really humble about it. You're still establishing yourself as an authority that someone would pay for your services or your product or your program, but you can do it in a way that allows you to test ideas, test your pricing, ask for feedback. You know, it's really awkward to charge full price and go out and splash the entire internet with an advertisement for something that isn't validated and that you're charging full price for and say you get some sales, great, that's sort of, you know, that's to some extent validation, but then you're not gonna have that open channel to your clients to get feedback and you don't have that vulnerable relationship right then. And I think that vulnerability is key, especially when you, if you wanna be able to have something that you can take really big, you wanna have this time where you're nurturing it and it's a, it's like a baby, it's a baby product or a baby program and you wanna give it all this nourishment and listen to it and really give it the space to grow into what it can be. And if you try to do it too fast, the whole thing breaks. So you're really limiting yourself. And so I, I would say for those of you that also struggle with, with perfectionism, this is your ticket to launching something on the internet without it having to be perfect first. And that like, we're mm -hmm. here to tell you, you have absolute permission. If you've ever seen one of our workshops where you sh we show you the original screenshots of Namastream, <laughs> you will know how imperfect a beta product can be and how unglamorous it can be. And yet you can still charge for it. And then you can work with your people to co-create the beautiful sort of final version because it's never final. You're always iterating. But yeah, I think that's a good point. And it, it is sort of liberating to take away that pressure and just create and listen and then create and like iterate and change and adjust and adapt and then you know, and, and it's just like this molding of clay into something that is really good that you can go to market with with full price. So Anne Lamott in her book, Bird by Bird, which is the writer's Bible for many people who write, she calls this a shitty first draft. So this is going to be an explicit yeah, podcast. Yeah, beta is a shitty first yeah, draft. Yeah, I mean, you, it's right. all about giving yourself permission yeah. to write a shitty first draft. And so if you're if you've ever read her book, you'll remember that phrase. Like you can never unlearn it or unforget it, I think. Or forget it, not unforget it. It's um, but it's it's that same thing. And this is your we're giving you permission to create, you know, sort of I wouldn't go as far as saying shitty product, but <laughs> putting something out that isn't completely done. So 
Yeah, no, go I, for I, it. I think that's and, that's a and great make way some to money. It. You know, make some of the money back that you've had to invest in the early stage of your business in order to. I mean, this, that's the beauty of it too, right? Is that you're maybe not having this amazing financial experience, but you're able to recoup some of your costs. And if your beta launch can cover like the first three months of your investment in your business, then that is an absolute dream. Mm -hmm. I mean, most businesses would kill for that. CEOs would kill for that kind of ability. And, And you all as online product and program creators have that capacity. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy-to-use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live stream programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. You can learn more at namastream.com. Yeah, so we also wanted to share some stories about how we both started um, separate software companies using this exact model. And I think it's such a powerful testament to like how this works because we were both started, um, you started Domastream, I started Connectable.biz with no money. And we followed the exact beta launch model and we started two separate software companies, which is unheard of with paying customers within six months because of this model. And I, I want to tell these stories and I want to get into some details because I think it's really interesting. And if we can start a software company with beta launching, you can start a course or you can start a membership or you can create an online workshop with this. I think to me, because you're not developing <laughs> software, it seems a whole lot easier and doable, but the principle, same principle applies. So Jenny, do you want to go first with Namastream? How did you, uh, yeah. how did you apply the beta launch to Namastream? Yeah. I mean, Namastream is a classic example of a beta launch. <laughs> so I interviewed 74 yoga studio owners or managers because my initial plan was to launch into the yoga market, into the yoga studio market, not even teachers. Actually, that was never part of my plan. That story is is, is amazing that, that how that all came to be. But I interviewed all of these people I had no connection other than having gone through yoga teacher training and ha- and knowing some, you know, my own yoga teachers and friends that were going on to teach. Like I had no connection to this market at all. I looked, I mean, I was just to say point blank what I did, right? It's all, I've talked about this story before on other podcasts, but I don't think we've ever really, maybe early on in the first podcast we did, I don't know. But I... I looked at um, Yelp and I looked at Google reviews. I looked at, uh, I found an article that said what were the top like 10 or 15 markets in North America for yoga and wellness. And then I went through like the top um, ranks in Google reviews in Yelp in each of those metropolitan areas. And then I reached out directly to the founders of those companies, of those studios and emailed them. And 74 of them talked to me, which is remarkable. I think it took me, you know, maybe Maybe about six weeks to do all of that. And I had a one-year-old, I had a baby, a little baby, and I did it during her nap times and really early in the morning. I was on the, the East Coast at this point, living in the South in North Carolina. And so I would do a lot of my calls at night to the West Coast. And in the morning, I would email. And um, and during her naps, I would talk to folks on the East Coast. And then in the evenings after her bedtime, I would talk to folks on the West Coast when it was still daytime there. And I talked on the weekends and it became really clear to me where the opportunities were in this industry to create software products. Namastream was one. 
it was the in my mind the winner because of I was attracted to the idea of creating an online teaching platform for these businesses. I I talked to a few people who'd created their own and were thriving. It was kind of amazing how successful some of these small studios had been who had invested in creating their own. And I realized there was a huge need. And so I worked with, I went back to maybe a dozen or so of the studio owners who had told me that this was a compelling need for them. And I said, would you be interested in investing in this idea and paying for a lifetime discount, paying for your first year up front? If I build this tool to be exactly what you want it to be, would you be willing to invest? And some of those people said yes. And I started collecting money without having really anything. I created a prototype with Keynote. I created um, a clickable prototype with just the UX screens, the user experience screens. And I collected thousands and thousands of dollars from people without having made anything yet. And then went on to hire a developer and um, learned how to do that. And sort of from scratch, I had um, one person helping me who worked for Microsoft. (laughs) So that was lucky. And it went from there. And I learned a lot about technology and built a working prototype that you know, was in operation for about 18 months and grew to the point where it couldn't sustain itself anymore. And that's when you came on, Sandy. So that's that's mm-hmm. what happened. I mean, it was really like amazing because I didn't put any money into it until it w- I wanted to start. It was already operational and I wanted to learn what Facebook ads were and st- try to get it to grow a little faster. And I put about $7,000 after the first year into the company as an investment and that's it. But I had already made more than that, way more than that by that point, right? And I just was trying to grease the engines. So that's a a classic story of what pre-selling and then a beta beta launch looks like. Mm -hmm. And yours was similar. Yeah, mine is almost exact as different industry. So I am a part of the Calgary Executives um, Association here in Calgary. They were all working on paper. It was ridiculous the way that we communicated. And so I phoned, I think it was 34, 35 different executive associations across North America and Britain. And I talked to the executive director and the president uh, of each of those groups and asked them a bunch of questions about how they operate in their group and what do they find frustrating and um, you know, just understanding how they actually work. And there were so many similarities with what we do in Calgary that I could see that we could build software to automate and make more efficient the communication between all the members. And people were like writing a lead down on a piece of paper, and then it would be handed to the executive director. And then he or she would sit and type it into a Word document and then turn it into a PDF and then email it. And it was just so archaic. And so I got out PowerPoint. I actually sat and drew screens out, just made it up. Then I put that into PowerPoint and I got them all back on the phone and said, take a look at this. Would this work for you? And I just remember like squealing and yelling and like, oh my God. And like these, just people so excited. And I then I had a screen that said, this is the pricing. If you are able to commit by this date, because I knew they had to go back to their boards to get approval. I will give you this price. Full price is going to be this. And I will give you lifetime guarantee. So you are going to be my founding users. You will price will never ever change. And I had I raised $16,000 from six or seven different groups from Canada, US and Britain. And I took that $16,000 and went shopping for a developer just like you did. And I happened to find one in my networking group who we partnered. So he built the app. I gave him 
I can't even remember. I think I gave him the money or maybe we just put it in bank account. I can't remember. And uh, he built it. And so we still work and operate that together. But those beta users or those founding users for me are the most special people because they believed in me when I showed them a PowerPoint presentation I've never built. Nobody even asked me if I had ever built software before. And I think it speaks to the relationship that you develop when you work one-on-one with someone and you talk to them on the phone and you gain their trust and get to know them. Now I had some social credibility because I was the past president of Calgary Execs. So I used that to get on them on the phone, but they trusted us, right? To build to like, of course she's gonna build that. You're not just gonna take my money and run. So there was this this relate deep relationship built. And of course we built it and they're on the platform. I think we've lost only one of those founding users and it was more of a financial thing rather than they didn't like the, the software. And they're really special to me. They're so special. And if they phone, I will, I will pick up the phone. If they email, I will do whatever they need to do because they believed in an idea that I had on 42 layered PowerPoint screen. Like it was ridiculous looking back at why people gave me money for something that didn't exist. I didn't even know how to build it, right, Jenny? It's just oh, yeah, so crazy. No, I mean, <laughs> like, to think about it, it's just step by step by step. I'm going to do this and then I'm going to figure out the next one. I'm going to do that and then I'm going to figure out the next one. Liz, if you think about what we were doing, like it could shut you down. No, I mean, we do nothing. Both know. of us knew nothing. And I remember, and it's we didn't so know each crazy. other until after this this little phase, right? We met right after yeah, this, right. right after we had both hired developers. And I met you like my Namstream was launching like the next week or something, the beta to the beta users. Like it was almost done being developed the first version of it when we met. And so it was so new and so scary. But I just, you know, also it's amazing. I mean, we're not you know, professional technologists still. I mean, we know a lot about tech now. And and I can't believe, though, the audacity that I had <laughs> five years ago because I didn't know what these words were that are just so normal to me now. Like, I didn't know anything about different programming languages. I didn't know what hosts, like I didn't understand servers. Uh, I was like, I I was so mystified by like, okay, so we make this thing. And then where does it, how does it work on the internet? And where does it go? Do I put a computer in my closet? Like where, (laughs) and how do I find the guy that's going to teach me? Like the guy that, you know, doesn't leave his, his basement, who's going to come over and like teach me how to operate the server in my closet. I mean, it was like, literally like, I don't know how this works. And it took so long. I remember finding that that course on one month that was like programming yeah, program for non-developers for or like, I don't know, yeah. whatever it was. And I was like, thank God. It was just a whole online course that was like teaching me basic <laughs> technology. Just so you link could, like talk intelligently with to the developers. developers. And yeah. But it, yeah, I mean, it, it was like crazy. It was, but it, like, crazy. we didn't know anything, you know? And I think no. you and I, Sandy, take it for granted how much we have learned and how much we are sort of technologists at this point. But, but that's beyond the point. Like, we didn't know anything. Like, I, in the course of this, I also, in order to, I, I figured out how to build the prototype in Keynote and then hire a developer. And then I was like, oh, well, I need to have a website because I've like, I had reached out to over 180 yoga studios in Canada and the US. And I wanted to go back to them all and tell them that this was happening, even the ones that, you know, I didn't pre-sell to. And I was like, I need a website. And I didn't know how to make a website. I literally had had a blog on Squarespace before that someone else had made for me. And I knew how to post blog posts, right? And so I didn't know 
how to make a website or a landing page or an opt-in or like how to get the email list to work. Like all the stuff that so many of you have had to learn or are in the process of learning. I didn't know any of it either. And I remember like teaching myself how to build a website on WordPress and teaching myself how to use like landing page software and how to find stock photos and like how to make an animated video explainer. And I remember sitting in my closet during my daughter's nap time on the weekend with a script and like a really bad microphone like buried in between my dresses that were hanging down in the closet so I could have like muffled, you know, audio so that it wasn't like I had a giant Southern house with like a giant closet and I couldn't find anywhere that wasn't echoey. And I was like recording an explainer video for my new software company and making animations. You know, like I just feel like we both have had to learn so much and it's a little nostalgic. But this is just to say that if we can build two software companies that are still going strong and thriving from this model, and then we can take this model and teach this to hundreds and hundreds of people and have them see success with it, you can do the same thing. So regardless of whether you're launching a physical product or a course or a membership site or a coaching package or whatever it is, I guarantee you, this is a pretty hard and fast formula to follow. Like you have an idea, that you've gotten from your industry, your niche, your market. It's already something you're doing and selling in real life, ideally, because that's based on who you are that listens to our show. And then you take it and you come up with a framework for a product on the internet. And then you go to your people and you say, if I make this, would you like to invest in it at half price or whatever it is you decide to do? And in exchange for giving me feedback, great. You're on and, and then people pay for it. You're on to something like you're there. Then it's just doing the work of making it and getting the feedback and keeping the communication open and building and iterating. Then you're there. You did it. You figured out how to do it. And once you make one thing like this, you can make other things like this. Yeah, absolutely. It's totally possible. So I think you should tell everyone what our hustle is for this week. Okay. Well, since you asked. (laughs) Segway. We would love it if you wanted to learn more about this. We have a checklist, which we've spent some time. It's a very simple two-page checklist, but it's like that internet meme that's like, you know, just because it takes me 15 minutes doesn't mean that it didn't take me 15 years of learning how to do it in 15 minutes. So we've distilled five years, well, collectively 10 years between us of information into a two-page checklist. And we're giving it to you for free. If you go to betalaunchlab.com, it's just right there. There's a little box. You enter your email and you will get the checklist right away. And it's essentially how to build an online program with validation in 30 days. And it's the exact steps that we follow whenever we launch something new. And we are putting together a beta launch lab workshop. We're putting together a free training that's going to be coming out for some of you soon. And for some of you, it will have already happened, depending on when you listen to this. But the instructions for that training will also go to you if you sign up for the the checklist. So that's a good place to go. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So grab the checklist. Okay. And we talk about the, the joy. joy. Oh, the Sandy's joy. wanted to talk about this for the last 30 <laughs> minutes. And so now she's going to get her chance, folks. No, let's stop talking about beta, beta launches so I can talk about the joy. All right. So I have discovered a new brand called Drunk Elephant. It is a skincare line and I just bought the little samples at Sephora. It's called Littles. And so I'm trying it all and I love it. And what I love so much is that it is free of all the really reactive things for me. So like essential oils, drying alcohols, 
silicones, chemical screens, fragrance dyes, and SLS. And my most favorite product is the sunscreen. So I bought the tinted sunscreen called Umbra and it's not chemical. So it's actually a physical block, but it's like so beautiful how it goes on your skin. And it's not like chalky, you know, zinc on the nose skiing look. It's just, it's beautiful. And I'm just so impressed with all of their products. I don't know how they did it. Um, It's so clean. And I am just the biggest fan of Drunk Elephant. Okay, well, I've never tried Drunk Elephant, but I have heard of it. And I went on their website right before we started recording, and I realized that they had this amazing female founder named Tiffany Masterson. And I really mm-hmm. want to interview her. So Tiffany, okay, Tiffany, come if out, you're yeah. listening to the Soulful MBA podcast, we would love you to be our guest. And, and we're going to reach out to you. She actually drew the logo, which is like a kind of a simple line drawing of an elephant. She sat down and she couldn't get any designer to get it right. So she sat down and she's like, I'm going to sit here. And she had her daughter with her. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to draw this logo. I'm going to try until I get it right. And the first drawing that she did, she's like, this is it. And, and that's it. She's not an artist. She's never drawn anything in her life. So it's kind of worth going to look at this sort of stylized, simple line drawing of this drunk elephant. That's cool. I love it. And I love the I name. Love Just I, I also was I know, taken by the name. Did you read about why it's called Drunk Elephant? You know, I did. And I can't actually remember the story. So it, it has to do with these elephants that eat a fruit that falls oh, yeah, from a certain yeah. tree and then mm-hmm. ferments in their tummies. And then they become drunk from the fermentation. I like who knew who knew this about elephants what a great what a great story and what a great brand who thinks to do that what a great idea see you can be so creative yes I I love it so I'm gonna reach out to this woman and see if we can talk to her about this whole process yeah so we really want to learn about it (laughs) great grab your checklist and um let's do let's see some beta launches happening yeah come into our Facebook group soulful MBA on Facebook and let us know if you beta launch We'd love to hear about it. Okay, folks, we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba teacher to sign up. It's totally free. Ding, 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 ding.